Well, hello again, my gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Glow West podcast. And we're here to chat all about the wonders of sex, sexuality and the body. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and as always, I'm delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find all sorts of podcasts on politics, culture, society, trans rights, and of course, me filtering it up with sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise as it really does help to keep the mics on, or you can pop over to Apple and rate and review. If you have a question and you want to re- reach out about the podcast, you can DM me on Twitter and Instagram at Glow West Podcast. So this, today's podcast really kind of came about, I've been teaching a lot of sex education workshops lately, and one of the topics that keeps coming up is about squirting. So why not dive in, uh, pun possibly intended in there, um, and, and let's do a deep dive of this topic, because I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about them. So I'm joined by an absolutely perfect guest to talk about this. I have Javay DeBay, who is the millennial sexpert. She is a sex educator that focuses on free, comprehensive, inclusive education for all. And her digital series, In Bed with a Millennial, is an easy to digest and free sex education resource that covers everything from masturbation to communication in relationships. Jave is currently working on her master's degree in human sexuality at Widener University in the States. Jave, thanks Emil for coming on today. How are you keeping? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm technically a millennial as well, but like, because it's from like 1981, but I'm 1982, but I'm like the super old one. You're like a proper young millennial. (laughs) You earned your title. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. You're a proper millennial too. Like we're we're (laughs) all proper millennials. We've had to deal with the brunt of all the terrible things we are all proper millennials there yeah we've suffered through and plus i like millennial pink so that that kind of counts for something yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll get in there so absolutely um i love that when i reached out to you about recording this because the squirting thing has been on my mind um for like what i said but i love that you were like okay yeah but i'm not gonna do a how-to podcast about squirting and i love that you said that so tell us why that wasn't your goal today because so many people think that just everyone can squirt and that's not a reality, but also it's not even that pleasurable for people. And also a lot of people, it is like a, like a sensitive thing. Like you're kind of like, I'm just going to be that vulnerable with just anybody. Cause like you were making a mess. Like squirting is not like this clean activity. So I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to go out and tell everyone, yes, squirt, especially because Porn tells us that squirting is supposed to be like one way and in reality it does not look that way um so I'm never like like out here like please yeah we're gonna squirt today I'm gonna tell you exactly how to do it because there is no perfect formula absolutely and like you know if it's if it's there for some people happy days but I think the problem and and what kind of came up in some of my workshops was that there's pressure on on younger girls because well that's the audience I was working with um to squirt and I think like you're right you mentioned porn and you know porn is obviously spectacle and not reality and and you know it's entertainment and the squirting we see in porn is so like ridiculously like dramatic you know you could like shoot a target across the room with squirt you know like you shoot up the walls and all this kind of and reality like might be a little bit different for most people most definitely like I have never heard of anyone in real life that's 
like, yeah, I squirted it and like reached the other side of the bedroom. It's like, no, that doesn't happen. Um, but also it's like porn makes you think that it happens. Like it can just happen one way. Like a lot of porn people squirt from clitoral stimulation, which for in reality, that doesn't happen for most people. Like the urethral sponge has to be stimulated. Um, but porn tells you, yeah, like you're going to squirt just from playing with your clit. And it's like, you probably more than likely will not. Um, and for <laughs> which playing, is always like so shocking. For playing with it for like two seconds as well, like a frantic rub. <laughs> and then that's like, boom, squirt yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, not realistic. Yeah, and it's always like, I love to remind people that it's like porn is literally for entertainment, but also there's so much behind the scenes stuff that you are not seeing um, that is playing into what you are actually seeing on the screen. So like, know that they probably drank over like three gallons of water anyway. Like, are you going to drink three gallons of water? Probably not. <laughs> no. Unless like extreme squirting is your thing and, you know, you don't mind making quite a mess. <laughs> Otherwise, that's kind of a thing. But I think in porn, I think a lot of people were shocked when I was saying a lot of porn stars, like a lot of porn is faked because obviously you've got a schedule to keep to, you know, you've got angles, you've got a product to show, all this kind of thing. Um. But that porn stars would often, um, you know, insert turkey basters full of water inside their vulva and, you know, technically mm-hmm. squirt from there. But it's ob- squirt obviously doesn't come from a vagina. So I think maybe we're allowing people to be a bit misled about the actual biology of of squirting, do you think? Oh, most definitely, um, especially because it actually does come out of your urethra, which a lot of people then are like, oh, it's pee. And I'm like, no, it's not pee. It is a combination of things there may be a little pee left in your urethral track but it is not pee it is a combination of um liquids from like the bartholo i'm not even gonna try and say the glands because i can't ever say correctly um (laughs) and like water in your system like there's so much more it's not that you're just like sitting on top of someone and peeing on them but also if you are peeing on someone totally acceptable if that's their kink and they consented go crazy um but porn makes you think that yeah it's going to come right out of your vagina and it's just going to look exactly like a plain clear liquid and like you're just shooting waterfalls and no you're not shooting waterfalls <laughs> yeah and I think it, the pressure of that is like you know if, if squirting something that you're enjoying like maybe it might only be a little trickle or a small few drops or whatever and then people might think oh I'm not doing it right or you know is there something wrong with me if it's not this like giant volume of liquid but sometimes it can just be that little kind of like a wet puddle (laughs) kind of thing yes um it's for the majority of people like we don't drink copious amounts of water like all of us are really bad at actually drinking our like what 64 ounces a day and hydration plays into how much you can actually squirt if you were trying to squirt um so like that's like the biggest thing to remember is like if you aren't someone that actively drinks water you're probably not squirting at all because your body's like um I'm sorry you want me to produce something with nothing like all that's in me is blood and beer probably (laughs) so like being mindful of the fact that like you have to hydrate to actually squirt and then it's dependent on your actual body like how much you squirt like like you said it could be like a little trickle it could be like an actual full like gushing geyser but also it's probably not going to project out across the room it's probably just gonna like trickle down your legs onto your partner or just like onto whatever surface you were actually playing on it's not gonna be shooting around like a water gun yeah no <laughs> like generally speaking no but I think a, a, for a lot of people 
you know, again, if, if like maybe they're introduced to screening through porn or whatever um, and they want to try it out. But I think like that feeling of, oh, I'm going to pee myself or like a squirting can feel very uncomfortable before it kind of happens because it is that pressure, you know, and, and generally it's quite a fast paced activity. You know, you, you got to get a lot of stimulation kind of going and that can be a little bit overwhelming for some people. Extremely. Um, also, it is the stimulation fact like if you aren't someone that like naturally like gravitates toward like internal stimulation it's very much going to be more difficult for it to happen um but realizing how to actually do it like also people just think you just go in and start fingering and like squirting will happen like it's direct stimulation of the urethral sponge that is going to do it <laughs> um and how that goes about feels different for so many people like for some individuals it's like i need a toy to do to stimulate that and then it happens or it's like i directly have to have fingers in the specific spot like there are so many different factors for different people and the ways that it can actually come about um that i don't think anyone gives enough credit to like it looks different for everyone how you actually squirt um also it's not always going to be like this quick thing that happens it is definitely going to take time and then like the biggest hurdle to get over is the releasing when you're like oh i feel like i'm gonna pee because especially when you're first starting out and learning what squirting is you're kind of like oh I don't want to pee on somebody that's like who knows how they're feeling about that but it's like that's the feeling that you have and you kind of have to let that feeling happen to actually squirt which is why a lot of people don't squirt because who is trying to pee in bed on a daily no one um so you have to realize that that's the sensation that comes about before squirting can even happen and I think the the other pressure as well might be, you know, because if, if you're squeezing things together and there's a lot of intense activity, you may be squeezing other body parts uh, and, you know, maybe we might be talking about farts coming out and, you know, the body is all weird and wonderful and all very connected. <laughs> but it may, maybe people might feel uncomfortable around the fact that, you know, I might get messy in other ways that perhaps you didn't intend. So maybe the towels do come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like all that stimulation shows up in different ways in the body and farts is like the number one like because you're we typically are holding in farts like we're purposely not trying to fart so when you actually get to that point of relaxation and like release like your body's like oh snap it's the time we can sneak out now and like the farts <laughs> just come and I'm always like it like married so like me and my husband laugh about it so much because like in the middle of sex I'll just like forget about things I'm just like passing gas left and right and it's just like I'm I'm enjoying myself like it's a compliment like you know how in some cultures like burping is a compliment that the food was good <laughs> yeah. I think that farting during sex is a compliment that the sex is good I do you know what I haven't looked at it that way before but yeah like it kind of is of, of like you know and also that it's like a vulnerability thing also if, if you feel comfortable enough to you know actually let yourself go to that point where you are okay to fart like that means I am okay to be vulnerable around you and risk you know someone judging me because I know you're not going to judge me like it's a whole different level of intimacy I suppose that sounds really lovely yeah like that was that was one of the earlier conversations in my relationship I was like no, I'm not going to start with you. Like, we're just getting to know each other. And that's like super vulnerable and intimate. And my husband, like, now he's like, remember when you wouldn't do this because it was vulnerable and intimate? I'm like, yeah, well, we weren't where we are today. But it's yeah. like, that's like a serious thing to just like let go and be like, I'm just, you know, we naturally have our guard up. And that includes during sexual activity with others. Um, so to let it down, like basically completely, like there's really nothing else holding you back. Like, 
that's a huge step, especially like if you're starting out in like a sexual relationship with someone or like just starting out having sex, like to be like, I'm just going to let it all go. Very, very overwhelming feeling that not everyone's there for, which totally makes sense and is totally okay. Yeah, very scary for a lot of people. And I do a lot of work as well around, you know, how do you move from performative sexuality to authentic sexuality? And you just kind of nailed that there of like feeling comfortable to be yourself. But I think the the performance aspect of squirting belongs in that performative sexuality of like, oh, well, good sex is like, I'm, I'm going to square hugely and I think maybe then for a lot of the people you know making the other person squirt is like oh like this is what sex is now that has to involve um you know all this like masses of fluid and stuff and that means it's good sex and you know I think how do we kind of break that down and remind people that it doesn't have to have that performance element to it um, I like to tell people that sex, like when it comes to squirting, think of it as like that special treat that you only have like every so often, like that thing that's so expensive that you're like, I can't be buying this like tiramisu every day of the week, but like I can buy it once a month and just like let go and enjoy it myself. Like to me, squirting is like that. It's like that little special treat that happens, but you like don't, it's not a treat that you need to try and have all the time. You're gonna, one, you're going to get tired of it. <laughs> Two, you're going to get tired of changing the bed sheets. Um, so like, no that it doesn't have to be this like this is how we know it was great sex moment but it can be a moment in great sex that happens um but understanding the great sex is not defined by a certain sequence of events great sex can look different every single time you have it it can be it can be great sex because you guys like got started and someone farted and you just started laughing and then it just turned into a big joke and instead of even like continuing your own physical play you just laid there and laugh with each other and caress each other's body that's great sex great sex can be when you actually both come at the same time or great sex can be when your partner is solely just focusing on you when you're the only person getting attention like great sex looks so different and it does not have to be great sex happened because I squirted. Great sex is your own terms, your own definitions. And squirting doesn't even have to be anywhere near that. Squirting can literally be like down the block, around the corner. She ain't coming to visit at all. And that is okay and phenomenal sex. Oh, it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, just look, but it just feels very soothing and, and just nice to go, you know, like, you know, what I've been saying as well lately is like that sex isn't formulaic and doesn't have to be A plus B equals C because I think we see that sometimes and, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that sex ends with penetration and it doesn't have to be and it doesn't even have to be any penetration at all involved of whatever gender, whatever gentles you're working with and stuff that can be involved in so many different body parts. So I think like the trends around sex, you know, like things like squirting kind of maybe obscure that for some people maybe we think oh we have to do this this hot new thing even though it's not new really at all for <laughs> you know so people have been squirting for a long time yes they have seriously it's just that porn for some reason is now on this like uptick of squirting and makes it seem like it's this novel idea I'm like no it's not novel by any means um it's just being searched so much that porn production companies are running with it till they run it into the ground, but it's been around for a while, y'all. Don't think that it is just this brand new thing that everyone needs to strive for because it, like I'm telling you, probably your great, great grandmama's was probably squirting. Um, they just didn't <laughs> talk to you about it. No, not usually a, a conversation <laughs> for the dinner table, maybe with granny, but I mean, they probably were, you know, as great as squirting is for lots of people 
what I have heard from a lot of people also is that they script, but they don't actually want to do it or they, you know, they get frustrated with it or they get embarrassed or it's just not where they want to be. So how do they deal with that if they find that that's what their body does, but they don't want to do it? I would recommend trying to see what exactly is the stimulation that is happening that leads to it and then maybe adjusting what you're doing so that you're not doing that. If you know, like it happens every time I do X, Y, or Z, move away from X, Y, or Z if you don't want to do it. Um, But also that's just like one of the things, like when you're truly just like enjoying yourself, it's like really hard to like rein in, like when you were just like so wrapped up in the pleasure. Um, And if it's for the reasons of like the mess making, I would recommend like putting down towels or like getting a sheet set that is made for like water play, but just like any type of liquids. Um, But really exploring what it is that leads you to squirt and then removing that and seeing if that changes it. And if you're still squirting after you move that type of stimulation, revisiting a different type of stimulation that's happening, Um, but really getting to know your body to know what causes it, because if you don't wanna do it, take out what leads to it. Um, But that that just doesn't happen without sex self-exploration. Like you have to really get to know your body to know what's gonna make it happen and how you can actually stop it if you don't want it to happen. Absolutely. We're always all about self-exploration on, on this podcast. But I think some maybe some of the reasons that people don't want to do it is stigma and embarrassment, more so than the mess aspect. And you know, that's valid for a lot of people as well, of course. But you know, I remember being around two guys and they were just laughing and they were like, Oh yeah, my brother was with this girl and every time she came she pissed herself. And like clearly she was having, you know, a female ejaculation, but like they obviously didn't realize what that was so like that poor girl probably felt really mortified and, and totally shamed and, and everything else so do you think that that would be common that people think oh my god I like I'm incontinent or I'm peeing myself or something like this and you know when we have reactions like that from people that's not very sex positive yeah um that is definitely a reality because a lot of us did not get good sex education and especially around female pleasure there's been so oh. much less talked about it so Talk of about course they're like oh she peed on herself and it's like no i didn't um and in that case i would recommend don't sleep with them until they get better sex education um but also like send them something send them a video be like or an article i'm like here's what squirting actually is i didn't pee on you um i experienced pleasure so thank you for that but also like calm yourself um so like really like naming that they are lacking in the understanding um and if they still are just like really crappy about it and they're like oh it's pee just walk away from them because obviously they don't care enough to learn nor do they care enough about you to recognize that the way they're talking about it and you is like harmful and hurtful so like they don't need the goods anymore take that cookie jar away from them um they can do what they want to do you don't need to subject yourself to ignorant people that are not willing to actually learn about your pleasure and your body which also shouldn't be your responsibility to teach them especially as grown adults but you know we do have that weight on us as women and vulva owners um but yeah just try and educate them if that don't work walk away find somebody that actually understands the body and what pleasure can look like for different people and go have fun with them I mean, yeah, sound advice for sure on that aspect. Yeah, I think it's such a pity that there's so like the vulva is such a small 
part of a body but a small thing in general you know you're talking essentially a couple of inches really all around but like the pleasure that's there in those couple of inches can be life-changing for a lot of people and yet we either shame people who embrace that pleasure or they have an orgasm in a way we don't understand or because there's so many different ways to have an orgasm and squirting is orgasms and all that kind of thing and it's it's like how do we tackle that root like I don't know I don't know the right word like because I try not to swear as well although we swear in this podcast um but like the root I suppose gap in in knowledge I suppose around like that little it's almost like a you know four inch by four inch square of your combining internal and external um, genitalia around the vulva but like it's it's such a little powerhouse of pleasure but yet we shame people for going hey I'm going to use what I'm I'm working with here and have a good time yeah um it is so hard like trying to actually like close this gap within sex education around like pleasure especially the pleasure of women is so difficult because one like even me like with my sex education like the people that are following me are other women like it's really hard to connect with the audience that is not getting that information because they're kind of like well it doesn't impact me like I don't have that body type um but it's like if you're having sex with that body type you should want to know about it but it goes into the idea of like how men think they just like kind of know everything because they were taught it so it's like I already know what I need to know about sex like I'm doing it people are obviously sleeping with me I must be good at it but it's like trying to like change the framework and the idea that like yeah you can always learn more you can always get better I feel like people think that sex like once you have it and you're doing it you're good at it and it's like, no, there's always room for improvement, always. Um, so I guess the way we close that gap is like first getting people on board to know that you can always learn more and do better. And then from there being like, oh yeah, to learn more, you need to learn about the other types of bodies, not just yours. I, that's so, yeah, like it's absolutely spot on. And but like that you said, a lot of the women that are following you or a lot of people following you are women or people with vulvas. And it's like, yeah there's only so much we can learn about our own bodies but it's like okay we have to get that message out to the people who are going to interact with those bodies as well and sometimes Mm -hmm. like a lot of like the people who go to workshops you know might be proud owners of vulvas but you know you're going okay you can know all that but then you got to communicate it but then you have to get the other person on board and it's kind of a bit of a process especially like I the world of sex education is absolutely dominated by people with vulvas like you know Mm -hmm. like men and and penis owners are like shockingly absent and you think why do you think that is so much i think it's because our world and the way that sex education has previously been taught centered men and penis owners and their pleasure so it's just like this assumption that like obviously we know it all like they told us like use a condom you put the penis in the hole and then things happen and it feels good um so this the way it was taught kind of gave this impression and this idea that like okay this is all you need to know that's literally what a lot of classes said is like this is all you need to know so it's kind of like why would like what I was told like people told me that this was it like once you know this stuff you're golden um and that's why I think it's so difficult because they heard you're good. And they were like, cool, great. I, I don't have to learn anymore, but it, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. You're not good. 
there's more to be learned <laughs> please learn it and more than in just trusting like you said yeah like that in school it was like here's how you make a baby and it's like okay most of us are trying not to make a baby but you know the same body parts are still involved for a lot of us but yeah it's it's like I think some people think if I can trust really hard and fast that's equal to good sex and mm, there's a lot more to it than that so much more it works for some people if if that's what they're into but you know you gotta ask and check if that's if that's the kind of sex that they want to have yeah a lot of people I that whole idea of like a jackhammer you're just supposed to pound away and I'm like you're forgetting the most important part like the whole whole thing about sex is the hips the motion of the ocean and like let's be real we have seen dudes dance they don't move their hips like you need to really like work on that midsection and learn how to like move those hips because that's where good sex happens in the hips um but everyone thinks that it's like that thrusting thing and I'm like no thrusting is like honestly for most people especially because if you know the length of the vagina thrusting is not going to be that phenomenal because the vagina is not that deep you are ramming into a cervix it is not pleasurable um yeah, <laughs> so like learning very other- sore Yes, learning that there are other ways to stimulate that are not just like going at the speed of light into a vagina, um, because please don't do that. Also, definitely ask a person, like, don't just come out the gate and you're just like, wham, 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 because you don't know that they'll enjoy that. You are assuming that they're like other partners you may have had that enjoyed that. And don't be in, don't make assumptions because when you assume you make an ass out of you, not me. Um, so ask them what they actually enjoy. Don't just assume that a jackhammer is everyone's favorite thing because it is not. No, no, definitely not. But the, I suppose that brings us back to the topic of vulnerability and, you know, I think I think sometimes we it's safe to hide behind technique in sex sometimes of going okay if I do this and then I do this and then I do this because asking people and telling them what you're into is very scary for a lot of people and and sexual communication is something that nobody has taught us we have to figure this out by ourselves so you're in the moment and you're like oh god how what do I say like to this person like do I say hey ride me sideways and and it's great and like you know and that's terrifying for a lot of people so how do you get more comfortable with that vulnerability and also maybe scoping out who isn't safe to be trusted with that vulnerability like you were saying there are people who are just not interested in giving pleasure they're interested in their own pleasure sometimes yeah um so scoping people out I recommend trusting your gut like our body picks up things much quicker than our brain does so if you're out on a date with somebody and you guys are talking about things and you just like get a feeling in your tummy that's like they probably aren't gonna care about my pleasure or my enjoyment if we take this further like trust that guy get the check and be like all right well I've got an early morning tomorrow talk to you later um but if it is somebody that you do want to get vulnerable with and have these conversations I recommend starting the conversation over text like with sexting or something like not trying to have it in person and face-to-face, especially in the moment, because that is just like so much pressure and you're kind of like, oh, what if this goes awry? If you start it via text, like after you've already had a date and y'all are like, okay, well, this is definitely going to move in that direction. Like check in with them like, hey, I was wondering, what are your thoughts on like sexting? You want to like send some sexy texts back and forth? Because we like 
get ourselves in the mood to meet up later. Um, and then like actually like pose a question in sexy ways, like, oh, what, what would you like me to do to you? Or what are, what are you gonna do to me when I'm in your room all naked on your bed? Like actually using sexting as a tool to have better sex with your partner um, or to tell them what you like uh, is the best way that I recommend it because literally like sitting in front of someone and being like, so I actually prefer if you do X, Y, and Z is like so intimidating because you're afraid that they're gonna respond negatively or feel bad about themselves, like they aren't pleasing you. So start the conversation over sex, but also practice the conversation with yourself in the mirror, like actually expressing like, okay, I like it when you do X, Y, and Z to me, or I like it when you actually like use your tongue in these spots instead of this spot practicing so that you're comfortable actually saying it already makes it a lot easier to say it to a partner especially in the mix like if you're narrating your masturbation um and your self-pleasure then it's so much easier when you're with a partner to be like oh actually I'll go this way I'll do that um instead of when you like don't say the words at all and you never can name like what experience it is that you like so get used to talking to yourself when you're masturbating and like saying oh I enjoy this yeah oh rub my clit this way whatever it is say it aloud so that when you show up in the bedroom with a partner you're like oh rub my clit this way so much easier I, I love yeah and you don't have to say it out loud if if you're not comfortable with that so or if you have flatmates or parents kind of around True. um but I think that that that's a really important thing yeah like if you're sexing it removes that element of vulnerability a little bit makes it a little bit kind of safer but you know for for those who are like oh god I still I don't know like this is still kind of terrifying you know what I've been saying to people is we're not mind readers so if you're helping your partner out by saying hey I like doing xyz they're probably just relieved like more like that might be the predominant thing of going oh thank god okay now I know a bit what I'm doing because otherwise it is literally and figuratively like fumbling around in, in the dark and trying to figure out what does this person like like what's this new set of gentles I'm working with here like what do I do and like because like we don't know how to have sex instinctively we got to learn it all and I think that's very um scary for a lot of people yeah it definitely is scary but it's also just like I like to look at it as like an exciting new thing like do you get excited when you start a new book and like learn new things from it just think of it as like when you get a new partner it's this exciting new opportunity to learn more and learn someone more in depth um which is like obviously like difficult because sex like creates like anxiety and like all this like worry about like oh what's it gonna be like because society tells us that people are like judging us from the instant but I have actually learned that people don't even like make judgments like once you get naked with them they're just like oh wow you're naked oh wow this is exciting you're exciting um so live in the excitement of it which I know is very difficult I have such bad anxiety that like I am the queen of being like I don't know if this is exciting to me or like what's happening I'm just so nervous but try your best to just focus on how exciting it is like oh wow this new partner like we're about to discover so much about each other and like what we like with each other um so just know it is an exciting moment and though everything around you is telling you to be anxious and nervous about it be excited about it because if y'all made it that far, like obviously, like there's something there that's like, yeah, this person, like there's a click that just feels so good. So 
absolutely enjoy the good yeah and I think maybe it could be a good warning sign to know that if that anxiety doesn't go away maybe that could be your gut telling you something else as well maybe about that person you know to kind of go hmm, not really sure about this or if they do judge you like that it's like you said like they don't deserve access to your fabulous body if they're going to be an asshole about you going hey I like to have pleasure too can this be a mutually pleasurable experience for the two of us or however yeah. many people are involved <laughs> in the situation but yeah I think like that that I don't think that can be stated enough of going like life is too short for people who are going to judge you for able for being able for being empowered enough to say hey this is what I like because also like spoiler alert uh, I like sex too yeah god yeah I just like I don't, like I think that's a lot of like unpacking messages from society and you know and especially like gendered roles and, and stuff like this that like oh a good girl does this and, and things like this it's it's like how do you how do you work to like push back and all that and like it, it create a space for someone to like actually explore their sexuality in a, in a healthy way without fear of of stigma or judgment or all that kind of stuff uh the friendly reminder that like all the stigma and judgment is rooted in jealousy and fear so not realizing like you have worked through jealousy or like you are not jealous of a situation and you're not afraid like knowing like all right cool I'm walking into this with knowledge with excitement with understanding and I feel good about it so forgetting what the haters say about oh you shouldn't be doing that like that's not blah 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 no if it feels good for you that is more than enough um but also knowing that society literally was built to make us feel bad about stuff so we spend money to make ourselves better so once you one get to the root of that understand that like we're told all these negative things to try and like fit into society's expectations and spend money to fit into society's expectations it becomes a lot easier to be like "Mm, society said that for their own benefit not for me I don't have to pay attention to it um and also just like straight up it like just like straight looking at Indy and like "Mm, does this serve me in any way? No? Cool. I'm not going to think twice about it. Like truly at the end of the day, when it comes to like anything in your life, think about, does this make me happy? Am I harming anyone? Cause if you're not harming anyone, that's all that matters that you're happy. No one else is being harmed. And like, then the rest of it's all a moot point. Like it's all just like blah, garbage, throw it away, keep it moving, focus on what you're enjoying because one life is too short Two, this world, this world is hell it is treacherous and we need the good things in life especially in the midst of this ongoing pandemic so go and enjoy it and just be like "Mm, they aren't paying my bills that's not paying my bills it doesn't matter this makes me happy I'm gonna do it including your family because they also carry a lot of like pressure and stuff so just like remember like even if your family is like having negative stuff to say like are they paying your bills and even if they are they aren't you do what you want to do absolutely yeah like life is too short to deal with it and like you said like Jesus if we could take five minutes of pleasure out of (laughs) the day 
happy days that that would be amazing um bring it back to kind of squirting and stuff for, for the moment and I know um you know we talk a lot about sex toys and the pleasure on, on the podcast and and that's all awesomeness if someone was to kind of embrace it and go okay this is what I want to do but I don't want to do it in a performative way I want to kind of you know get connected with my body and, and enjoy this process are there particular toys that might work for that um experience so it's 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 more of a pleasure rather than spectacle kind of thing so I would say one study your body with just your hands to see if you are someone that get um internal external stimulation works for that for you so if you're someone that's like nope I've learned that internal stimulation is how I'm gonna get there um if you're looking for toys to do that because you're like I'm tired of using my fingers I recommend uh, any, the bullet that is like curved for G-spot stimulation. So like Jerjuiz is a really good one, especially if you want um, a little bit more of a tame vibration. Jerjuiz um, G-spot bullet. Um, Vito, uh, I think it's the Vito Bam is also a really good one. Um, but using a insertable bullet vibrator is a really great way to do it if you want something a little bit more like focused on that the um ioba oh my g is actually like i tried it out and i was like what um so if you're like if you know internal simulation does it and like that come hither motion is the magic the ioba um oh my g is a really great option as well um but Honestly, any insertable toy that has curvature to it um, is a really great option for that. And if you're someone that is like, I know that I need clitoral stimulation, like whether that is actual like vibration or suction, um, like clitoral toys that you can do or any bullet vibrator is a great option. Um, if you're someone that's about suction, um, a womanizer or a satisfier, really great. Their suck the like capabilities of their suction are magnificent um and if you're someone that's like i need both like i need that g-spot stimulation and i need clitoral stimulation dual insertion toys which i personally recommend the um miss vibe by fun factory because the insertable portion is like the perfect length to focus on the urethral sponge whereas a lot of dual stimulation toys are going to be so much longer so it's really just like going to go in and like just fill up your entire vaginal opening rather than focusing on stimulating the urethral sponge. So the Fun Factory Mist Buy is definitely like my top recommendation. Um, but just like starting off with like actually just using your hands to like really figure out where it is and what type of stimulation you like. And then from there introducing a toy because sex toys are an investment. Um, and I would never recommend you just go throw cash without knowing exactly what you were after because you'll probably end up mad because you don't know what you're looking for yeah madam broke after <laughs> buying something <laughs> that doesn't work yeah and and you know that's the only way to try out is to try out your body and you know figure out what works for you, for you so we're all about masturbation on this podcast because again it's like you know it's generally free with your hands and it's also a massive stress reliever and also just ridiculously fun so that's kind of awesome um 
I was talking to you, one of your classmates, Tati and Tatiana King, um, that we've had on the podcast before, and she was giving me quotes for an article on squirting, and she was saying, oh, it's the size of your urethral sponge, so basically on the front wall of and um, the inside of your vagina. Um, she was like, it's like the size of a quarter, and I was going, okay, what, what size is a quarter? I'm like, is it like a two euro coin? You know, we're trying to convert currencies and, and things like this. So um, for listeners around the world that don't have any of those kind of currencies we're kind of working with a a square inch basically give or take a few bits and pieces and like a ridged part so I don't know what currency like the podcast is listened to in like 160 (laughs) countries around the world so our our currency changes but yeah we're working with an inch ish kind of square yeah yeah it's like an inch square but it's like uh an inch deep inside the vaginal canal too which is also important to know because a lot of people think you just put your fingers all the way in and go to the back of the vagina it's like nope you don't gotta go that far and it's not just like right in there like you gotta go a little bit um but you should notice it because the way it feels like it doesn't feel like the rest of the vaginal canal like it definitely has more of like a not mushy but like um textured yeah ridged um, kind of yeah yeah instead of like the rest of the vaginal canal which is very smooth um so once you feel that ridging you are at your urethral sponge formerly known as formerly like recognized as the g-spot um and that's where magic can happen (laughs) that that's a good point as well yeah we used to only refer to that as the g-spot because we didn't necessarily have the greatest understanding of the anatomy aspect of things so why are we no longer saying that term because I think people will if they're looking for squirting they'll find terms like g-spot and and things like this so uh, you know and especially it's still marketed as toys for that area it's g-spot toys but why are we moving away from that a little bit um so the new like the more people actually study the clitoris they realize that it's this entire it's mostly an internal organ so you have like the uh head which is the part of the clit that's actually that you can see when you're looking at a vulva and then inside you have the cura and the bulbs so the bulbs are going to go around the vaginal opening and then the cura sit like above that a little bit um but it all sits above the urethral tract and the vaginal opening like it encompasses it and so the urethral sponge is the part of it's like on the inside of the vagina which was formerly known as the g-spot and it sits, it connects with the, um, it's like right be- above, below, no, when I'm looking at it. So it's right below the um, actual urethral tract. So when you're stimulating it, you are stimulating the urethral tract, you're stimulating the bulbs and the cura of the clitoris. It's like all of it is getting some activity from it. So it's not this separate standalone part like we thought it was with the g-spot it touches and involves every other part of the clitoris your urethral tract the vagina like it touches it's everything plays a role in it so that's why it's like moved from being called the g-spot to being called the urethral sponge because one it's the urethral sponge um but two it is not the separate thing it is stimulating the clitoris um still so that's why the language has changed but obviously like sex toys like it's been called a g-spot toy for so long you're not about to just be like oh it's a urethral sponge toy yeah, it's not as catchy also, either it's not catchy <laughs> at all also like when you think of like whenever i hear the word sponge i immediately think of like kitchen sponges and yeah. so it's not the sexiest thing <laughs> yeah. um so g-spot is definitely more marketable 
Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I suppose that's why, you know, it's really important for people to get to grips, so to speak, with, with what they're working with and to learn about our anatomy. And, and, you know, we don't learn that sometimes. And it's nice to know, oh, the clitoris is actually like a lot bigger than just this tiny little bean type shaped item. It, it, there's so many different ways to stimulate it. And, and you know, it, it involves so many different body parts. So that's a nice thing to to have a look at is there any kind of resources you'd recommend for people to kind of look at the anatomy side of things a little bit more um if they want to empower themselves because that's that's how we empower ourselves knowledge is is power and if we know what we're working with whether we have one or we want to get up close and personal to one um knowledge is absolute power yes um my biggest recommendation is checking out an instagram account called duvet days d-u-v is in vulva e-t underscore days um they post amazing art that explains anatomy um and it gets like really in depth uh so that's always my go-to because i'm like if you're wondering like what the parts are go to that instagram and it'll make so much more sense um and of course like youtube and google are like can be your friends just knowing like being mindful of where you're getting the information from um but i would say if you're starting out and you're like i want to understand anatomy and you don't want to like go look at a full like skeletal picture because that's overwhelming duvet days is the place to start um but yeah I would definitely say I would recommend definitely looking and understanding the anatomy of like what makes up our genitals um because it's a lot of pieces that you don't learn about like you kind of just hear in like health classes like cool here's the penis here's the balls that's all and it's like yeah there's so much more here's the and as they taught us here's the vagina and that's not true here's the vulva yeah and the vagina is a part of it um so or that the clitoris actually exists Yes. Also, it's a, I would definitely recommend learning more about the genitals because the clitoris is made up of the same parts as the penis. They just look differently, but they are all the same parts. Um, so that's like an interesting thing. Like once you see it, you're like, wait, what? This is that and that's that. And it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely get to know it. Absolutely. It didn't go to waste in the womb. It was just like, that's that's whatever happened. And, and you decided, you know, one, or one gender was going to come out and the other didn't. Like the material is still there. Like the lips are part of the balls and all those kind of things. So yeah, that's a whole different track. But yeah, I like your suggestion of the Instagram account because I think sometimes if you Google these things, you get really like graphic, like medical operations kind of things which look very scary mm. and you're kind of going what's going on there apart from all the blood yeah. and like gore I suppose but yeah if something is a bit user friendly that's definitely a plus so <laughs> a lot more easier to access so um Jave, it's been amazing talking to you and I think you're just such a lovely breath of fresh air how you're just like chill <laughs> with it all and that's the way we should be you know we should be embracing pleasure and you know getting rid of people who shame us for em- embracing pleasure whether that's squirting or whatever happens to be so um that is fab where can people find you because you have your amazing series in bed with a millennial Yes, you can find that on in, uh, no on YouTube as well as on Instagram. Um, and on Instagram, if you search the Millennial Sexpert or Javeda Bay, Javeda Bay is my personal account. So if you're just like, I want to see what your life is like, you can look at that one. But if you want to learn from me, definitely check out Millennial Sexpert. And then I also have a website, themillennialsexpert.com. If you're looking for a one-stop sex ed resource, that is it. Um, yeah. Fabulous. And do you have a Twitter account as well? 
I do have a Twitter, Javeda Bay. Um, that's mostly me just like tweeting into the void about how I really want Taco Bell or I really need to take a nap. <laughs> okay, okay. Also very valid and important things, but uh, yeah, just <laughs> slightly different maybe to hear. Um, that is fab and I'd encourage everyone to pop over because I think your account's very accessible and fun and that's the way we like to have sex ed. It's just like why not life is too short like we're saying so absolutely so listen you're an absolute star and thank you so much for chatting to me today of course thank you for having me all good um and we will keep an eye out on Javay because she may make a return on a future podcast or a panel so stay tuned for that um thanks Emil to everybody for listening as always your support is super appreciated if you want to reach out to me it's um glow west podcast on twitter or instagram if you want to support the podcast it's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack or if you want to support a different way if you follow on spotify or write and review over on apple really really does help get to word out about the podcast so i do appreciate that and thanks emil and i will see you next week bye